Bart, I've asked you not to whistle that annoying tune. everybody and welcome back once again to Simpsons is greater than a Simpsons podcast all about the influence and cultural impact of everybody's favorite nuclear family and I am very confident at this point that you know who I'm talking about I mean come on it's the Simpsons as always I'm your host Warren better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness you might know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, it would mean so much to me. I mean, seriously, it would mean a lot if you would go check it out when you're done with this episode and let me know what you think. But anyway, this week on the show, I'm joined by Will Kalen. You might know Will from bands like Neverending Game or Gridiron, but you might not know that he's also a huge Simpsons fan. He has a lot of childhood memories connected to the show. We also talk a little bit about his background in music, which french fries are super underrated. I have a lot of opinions on this. And we play a very, very fun round of the synopsis game. So what do you say we kick it off now? Episode 60, The Big 6-0. Let's go. We kind of do have the same vibe going on right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's funny as hell. Pretty funny, dude. I like that. I got nothing up top, but... Me neither. (laughs) Go on, bro. Come on. Get you some glasses and we're there. We could just entertain I literally do wear glasses too, so I just usually wear contacts, but if I had my glasses in, it'd be... We'd literally be long lost brothers. Yeah, I, I, there's no way I'm getting contacts in. I'm way too. You in too deep? You're just in too deep in the glasses world. I, I would, I would just, I would just mess them up because I, I never wore glasses <laughs> until like a year ago. Oh and no shit! Okay. I, I have one of those stories where it's like, like, oh no, I don't think I need glasses. But when's the last time you had an eye appointment? I don't know. It's been a while. I go in and I'm like, yeah, maybe I need glasses. And the lady's like, oh my god, you need glasses. What is wrong with you? Like. Oh, yeah, man. it was like 2040 or something. And she's like, you've needed glasses for years, probably. You should wear these all the time, you know? You shouldn't be driving. Yeah, my grandpa <laughs> like needed to wear glasses. And he's like, I'm not wearing that shit. I'm not wearing glasses. I think, I think he was blind until the day he died. Like, just couldn't see, but it was like two, like, 1940s, 50s. Like, I'm not wearing glasses. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just didn't think, I don't know. I, I guess I just didn't think that I needed them. Or I thought, you're like, oh, you know, because it's not like... Mine's not so bad that it's not like I can't see, but if I was like right. playing video games or watching basketball, get a little squinty, you know? I'm squinting a little bit. Yeah. And my yeah. wife would always make fun of me and I was like, okay, well I'll get an eye exam, whatever. And I just didn't expect it to be that bad, but yeah, it's like 2040 yeah, funny, and, and everything's like HD now, you know, it's just like, Oh, I mean, that was like in third grade, I got glasses and I'll never forget being able to, like, I told my mom, I was like, I can see the trees. Like, I didn't know that's what this looked like. I thought the world was just blurry. Like, that's just the way it is. And then you get glasses and contacts. You're like, there's no way. This is how crystal clear it is. It's crazy. (laughs) I I literally had that exact same experience. That's awesome, man. (laughs) I'm into it. I'm into it. Well, you know, we'll just go ahead and let it roll in, man. And I, you know, the way I start every episode is, and this is like 
you know, I always clarify this for some reason, but it's a sincere question. You know, the world is really crazy at this time. So just in your everyday life, how are you? I would say I'm about as good as things could allow for right now. I mean, just given the world, I mean, the things you see on the news, man, it makes your heart sink. But given all of that, I would say for myself personally, I'm doing about as well as one could be. I mean, the bands are doing tons of stuff. Work has been great. I live with my girlfriend. We go on trips. I mean, like if I just look at my little snow globe life, it's perfect. But I look outside of it and it's just such an insane time for so many people. And I always need to put that in perspective of just like, man, it is so much bigger than me in this little life that I have. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, all things considered, I'm doing pretty well. No, I mean, I totally feel you. I feel the same way about, you know, and, and I say that a lot. It's like, obviously you got to keep up with what's going on in the world. And right now that's hard to do. It's easy to want to stay in the bubble and it's okay it to be in the bubble sometimes. I mean, literally right. there's only so much we can handle and so much we can take. And, you know, sometimes you got to just watch TV and make food and just sort of like forget about everything. But sometimes all we can worry about is ourselves uh, or at least what we can control. And so, you know, I'm happy that nothing, nothing major is going on in your, in your personal life. At least we can say that. Yeah, man. All things considered, we're doing pretty well coming out of, I mean, I guess you say coming out of the pandemic when half my friends have COVID right now too. So it's just like, I don't know. It's just an absolutely insane time. And I think we just need to help our communities, help each other. And that's about all you can do, man. Don't be an asshole. That's all you got to do. <laughs> man, you know, Will, that, that is, I, I couldn't put it any better. You know, take care of your friends, take care of your communities, help out when you can, and don't be an asshole. Everybody hear that? That's like the best advice I can imagine on this podcast. <laughs> Might put on a bumper sticker. Don't be an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Needs to be a bumper sticker. Um, well, in terms of like maybe a, a less depressing question to start us off with, and before we get all into the Simpsons stuff, like I said, what about like, you know, as far as what you're watching and listening to right now, like what else are you into? I like to ask guys from bands when they come on this sort of question, what are you listening to and watching? Dude, so much good music coming out right now. And I've had this conversation with so many different people the past, you know, six months. It's like musicianship is at such an insane level for hardcore right now. And it seems like every day there's something new coming out that's just like one up in each other. It's like people are feeding off each other. And it's like, I'm not going to let this guy write a better record. Like, no way. It's not, it's not competitive, but it's just like fueling the fire to make people write better music. So I jotted down a few that I've been, I've been bumping a lot. The Killing Pace EP that just came out of Richmond is really good. Super fast, blasty, just evil, super hard breakdown parts. Really like that. Been on the Terror LP. I mean, the goats have done it again. <laughs> it's undeniably, they are the goats of modern day hardcore. Going from one with the underdogs all the way up, I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here without one with the underdogs. Oh, come on. And to just have that record come out, the new one, Painted Power, and be like, this is amazing. Like still, and they, it took me a while. Like I listened to it once. I'm like, yeah, it's a terror record. But I kept going back to it. Like I've gone back to it like 20 times, which is so crazy for a band that's been able to keep it fresh. And uh, they're just the modern day goats, man. And, and to bring someone back like Todd Jones to riff on that thing too. I mean, come on. That was sick. Yeah. I really like his song, the, the bridge in that song is really good. So um, really like that record a lot. And then the last one I jotted down, this Envision EP. I'm not sure you've heard this. Um, super crazy riffy stuff. Um, the record's called And Still. It's just four songs. I've listened to that a couple of times. It's like, whoa. That goes back to musicianship stuff where it's like <laughs> hardcore in 2022 versus 10, 15 years ago. It's like, damn, 
the guitar shredder nerds are taking over and I'm proud of all my, my brothers and sisters holding it down for the shredder <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that's sort that's funny. You say that that does sort of come back around in one of my, in one of my notes. So, um, what about watching, man? Have you seen any good movies lately? Anything like that? Let's see. I mean, I was big on the new Batman movie. I'm a Batman freak. I love all the Nolan trilogy and I saw it twice in theaters, went once with my girlfriend, and then I went once by myself, and I'm like, I got to see this again. So I think I saw it three times, and then I watched <laughs> it on, on HBO, and I'm like, it just hits everything for me. I don't know. It's, it's the best one. I really like the Joker and things like that, too, but this one just hit like all the pieces for me. But uh, honestly, shows, I, I'm kind of in a void right now. You know, you go through those like show voids. You're like, I don't even know what to watch. So I mainly just throw on the terrible basketball games that have been on the past few weeks <laughs> where it's just like a 20 point blowout. I'm just like a sports yeah. guy in general. So uh, I've just been so busy, man. I haven't had a ton of time to watch stuff. So I mean, I just like whatever pop on the basketball game. Oh, this sucks. Whatever. I look at my phone. It's funny you say that because I was actually <laughs> just, you know, this week as, as of this recording, it went live today. So that that's really irrelevant, but I was just on the straight chilling podcast. Again, those guys are awesome. We talked about basket case and towards the end, they were like, you know, what have you been watching? What's been going on? And I was like, well, uh, I've been watching Atlanta and uh basketball like that's all i yeah. got so i mean i'm you know i'm right that's there a show with you. to me to get into i think i saw like the pilot and then i was like oh this is sick and it's one of those that just kind of fell off and never watched so maybe i'll maybe i'll add that on the list i like got a couple different lanes i can go you were talking about like mad men on the one i was listening to yeah. maybe that's a lane i go so i'm trying to figure it out i feel like a big series is next like i just did seinfeld and so now I'm in the void. I'm like, where do I go next? My my big thing is, and this is good advice for anyone listening. I try to keep a list of things that I intend to watch. So That's it's like, move. you know, this is something that I've heard is really good. I'm going to write it down. So even if it takes me six months, I've got this like running list that I can come back to. So yeah, you know, come on, start the list, Will. It's time. I need to start the list. Well, the problem is like, I'll go to Netflix and I browse for 20 minutes and I just get like fatigued. Like getting out of breath from like scrolling, like there's too much <laughs> shit here. I'm just gonna look at TikTok, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, option paralysis is, is a very real thing, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, for sure. So, so, so for anyone not familiar with Will, uh, he currently plays in the band Neverending Game as well as Gridiron, uh, two bands that I really like. So, you know, before we get too into the Simpsons talk, tell me when did you know that music was something you wanted to do, Will? It goes back to fifth grade. So I said this on, I think the From Within podcast, I played, I'm a younger guy. I played Guitar Hero before I played guitar. So my mom bought me Guitar Hero, my grandma, someone bought me Guitar Hero. And I was like, this shit is easy. I can play this. Like I can play this on guitar. And my parents are huge classic rock people. And I just kind of always had the music in me. I was like, I think I could do this. So I asked my mom, beg my mom for guitar, go to Walmart, get a first act, and then that's just kind of how it started, man. I started doing guitar lessons. And that was the other big thing. My grandma for Christmas, and then for like, I owe everything to her. She got me guitar lessons. And every week I'd go in, and I wouldn't be like, oh, I want to learn how to play like chords. I'd be like, yeah, can you teach me how to play strutter? Like, I want to know how to play Kiss songs, or I want to know how to play this ACDC song. And I bet the guitar teacher was psyched, because he's like, damn, this kid is like wants to play rock songs. I don't have to like <laughs> sit down and do this chord progression or do this like scale with them. He just wants to come in and learn a riff. And this is kind of before I had access to internet. So I couldn't like go to tab, ultimate tab or something. So <laughs> he would sit down and write down the tabs for me on just ear, which was awesome. I wish I still had them. They might be at my parents' house, man. but uh, that's kind of the origin story, man. It's just, uh, I, I was living in Austin, Texas at the time. I kind of grew up kind of all over the country. And uh, I just went back to Austin two weeks ago, just for a quick little vacation. And I drove past and stopped at the the music store where I started learning guitar. So 
that was cool. Kind of like all encompassing moment for sure. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to touch back, you know, you got to, you got to find those memories. Will. that's right, man. Go, go, go backwards, go forward. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, so what about in terms of like, this is another thing I really like to ask musicians. What, what was the first thing you ever recorded? Uh, do you remember? <sighs> okay. So this is going back. I'm trying to think probably, well, the first show I ever played was in fifth grade. And we did a talent show and we covered Beverly Hills by Weezer. And we didn't have a drummer, just two guitars and a bass player, which is just like the funniest thing in the world looking back. Um, so that was like the first show I played. But the first thing I recorded, I think I literally just used like a mic that my dad had for radio stuff and just like put it in the room and like to my, my brother drummed, I play guitar. And then I think my friend played bass and like whatever we were doing at that time, I think the band was vice versa, horrible name. <laughs> and like, we made a MySpace and like the logo was just like a yellow, like a two arrows, like vice versa sign. It was pathetic. I wish I could find that recording. It was bad. Sounds kind of awesome. Actually. I think you should track it down. Back when I had Colin on, I remember being like, yo, you got to find that, get it on the internet. Sometimes you just gotta- might be somewhere. I can maybe dig in the catacombs of MySpace, like fire share links or something. I don't know. I got to find this one because I don't even remember like what the genre was because I was kind of into metal stuff, but I was super into like, I don't know, like Rage Against the Machine at this era. So I don't know what it would have sounded like. (laughs) I mean, so many demos of bands that I was in back in the day are just gone. People take for granted how easy it is to keep up with your projects now. It used to not be like that. so easy. No, so easy. It's just like the barrier to entry is, and it was still low for me, but like it's even lower now where you have like, don't have to put a ton of effort in to start a band, which is a good and a bad thing. So. It's a good and a bad thing. So true. Um, so this is what I was talking about earlier when I said this would come back around. Uh, never ending game. And, and this is just my honest opinion has to be one of the tightest bands just from like a pure quality standpoint. Like the records are super tight. You guys are super tight live. Tied in a way that's almost not common in hardcore at times. How important is that for you? Sounds like it's pretty important. Very important. I would say of the utmost importance. And two, it's, it's like we don't practice a ton because two of the dudes, Dennis and Mike, live in LA. And me, Derek, and Mikey, so me, the drummer, and the, and the vocalist live in Michigan. So much easier for us practice. But I think it all is tied between me and Derek. Like just drums and guitar, just keeping everything locked in. Um, but I don't know, man, I think just the bands we look up to are very tight live too. And on recording as well. Like I think of like dying fetus, like, which is such an insane example, but very technical surgical type. Sure. And I just love seeing a band and being like, Whoa, these guys are like, Oh, like it's not like there's a place, a time and a place for a sloppy, like crazy hardcore set. That's amazing. But for me personally, I, I think the rest of the guys in the band, we just like this tight, just like surgically hard type of music, I guess. No, it, I mean, it really comes across. Cause I mean, you know, I like it all. I like when stuff's a little caveman-ish, you know, I, I'm cool with the punk demo being a little sloppy. I'm, I'm okay yep. with all that. Uh, but something about, especially, you know, what Never Ending Game does, I appreciate that, that tight side. I mean, I, you know, I hear the metal influence, especially when you look at the way it's played. And I think that that is, you know, it, it just, it really works. So I, I felt like I had to at least bring that up. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I definitely take pride in, in, just the musicianship level. And like, I feel like we've helped each other get to such a crazy level and like, it just the sky's the limit with those guys. And, you know, I, I always see it as like every time I play a show or I practice them, it's like, 
an opportunity to learn something new or get something a little tighter and just trying to take advantage of all, of all those opportunities. I love it, man. I love it, but I love that you love it, <laughs> but I guess, you know, I'm, I, I consider and talk about never ending game and gridiron for the <laughs> next two hours, but let's talk about the Simpsons. What do you think? Will? let's get into it. All right. Well, the way the, the, the first thing I want to know, okay. When did you start watching the Simpsons and what would you say, you know, or, or what is your earliest memory of it? What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of little Will watching the Simpsons? So when you asked me to come on, I did a lot of introspection. I looked back and where did this all start? And I really realized how deep the Simpsons kind of run in my family, which is wild. But earliest memory is my dad worked in the morning and my mom worked nights. And so there was kind of the crossover period where we'd have dinner and then my mom would go to work. And my brother and I, we're mama's boys. We know that we would cry. We would scream when mom would leave. So my dad would throw on TV, get a little coffee mug. It had to be a coffee mug of ice cream. And we'd sit on the couch and we'd watch The Simpsons. And this starts at a way too young of an age. If we're being like (laughs) looking now back and watching Simpsons episodes, I'm like, man, this is, I was pretty young to be watching this. I was four or five. Like we go back super, super early. Um, And so that's kind of my first memory is just sitting on the couch with my dad, having some bonding time and watching The Simpsons. And my dad loves The Simpsons, like his favorite show of all time, still to this day. So um, that's kind of my, my first earliest memory. Man. Okay. So, you know, I I meet a lot of people doing this podcast and I hear all versions of the story. You know, you hear like, oh, my parents didn't like me watching it. I had to watch it at my friend's house or (laughs) my parents, you know, my parents were cool with it, but they didn't really think it was funny. It is badass to hear that your dad, not only did he like the show, but he loved the show and that it was something that you guys really connected over. I think that's really sick. It's cool, man. Like to this day, we still send each other like in the family group chat. He'll send Simpsons clips of things here and there. So it's like still runs deep in the family, which is awesome. But yeah, it's like my dad thought it was funny. My dad kind of is like Homer for being realistic here. So I think he <laughs> saw some some similarities there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as, as we all do. I mean, that's, you know, something <laughs> that I've said so much on here. I, I think part of the reason the Simpsons has that longevity is that when we are kids, we relate to Bart or we relate to Lisa, we relate to the children. As we get older, we sort of relate to Homer. We might even relate to Marge, you know, the, your relationship with family changes, the way you look at all these aspects. And I think the fact that it has all of those pieces to that puzzle, I mean, come on, that, you know, it's no, no, no one's questioning whether or not I think it's the best show ever at this point, <laughs> but that is just a testament to that. It's, I mean, yeah, it, ha- it hits everything that you want uh, in a show. It, it, it checks every box for forever, for every show. I mean, it's just. It's number one for me. Yeah. Un- untouchable. Uh, are you into a lot of other animated shows or was the Simpsons like, like the peak for you? Uh, I would say I was super into obviously like the kind of Nickelodeon and like Cartoon Network stuff. My dad was super into those too. Like, my dad loves SpongeBob, <laughs> <He> loves, <laughs> like Courage the Cowardly Dog, like all of these weird Cartoon Network shows we were super into. Uh, these days, I haven't really been into a ton of, of animated shows. Um, I'm trying to like rack my brain on like what are the popular ones right now? Like Bob's Burgers, obviously. Sure. Um, what's the one where they're like in the cabin? I don't know. I saw that one. I wasn't super. Into oh, that. the 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 Great North or something like that. Yeah, I didn't. I know I wasn't super into that. So I haven't been into them a ton, but I do obviously Simpsons as far as animated stuff is the goat to me. But um, I like going back and watching like you know Simpsons and Hey Arnold and, and all those that type of stuff. 
Totally. I mean, it sounds like, you know, like I said, your dad really did you right. Well, I might have to have him on the podcast. I mean, it sounds like he really knows what he's into. He's a man who can talk. He's been on radio and doing radio for his entire life. So he would be fantastic on this. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's great. I love it. So tell me this. How would you, you know, we're, we're getting into like your relationship to it a little bit. How would you describe The Simpsons? Like say someone had never seen it and you were trying to sell them on it. Aside from what we just said, what, what, you know, what would your go-to explanation be? It's like, I do this with music sometimes. It's like smart, dumb. Like it's so smart that it comes across as dumb. Like to the average viewer, they're like, that's just a stupid show. Like it's, it's, it's vulgar. It's not, I mean, that's probably more obviously not nowadays, but in when it was out, but it's so smart that it's dumb. That's the best way I would describe it. No, I think that's really, I mean, so again, you know, we're talking about like the way your relationship changes to the show and the way it means something else to you as a kid. It means something else to you as an adult. I think what you're saying about that is also very true because when you're a kid, you're laughing because, you know, Homer's bald and he's fat and he's falling down. (laughs) Right. And Hans Momay is getting hit in the nuts with a football. Like it's just like, yeah, yeah. Homer's stepping on a nail, you know, like that's, (laughs) you have this one relationship to it and you don't catch how smart the jokes are. You don't get the political satire. You don't get a lot of the stuff. So the fact that you're able to appreciate it from a visual, you know, they look funny, they have big round white eyes. So you <laughs> right. appreciate it this one way when you're a little kid, you think they're fun to draw, you like the way they look. And then you get older and it's like so much deeper than that. There are, you know, there are things in the show that to this day I can I can't watch without crying. I mean, that's another thing I talk about a lot, you know. Oh, there's emotional episodes, man. It's wild. Like going back and seeing those like how were they able to hit like all these different emotions in one to the untrained eye, like just silly cartoon. It's, it's pretty incredible what they were able to do with that show. I mean, I mean, tell me a little about that. You know, when I had Colin on uh, a few months ago, one of the things I asked him was, you know, are you someone that gets into the emotion of the show? And it sounds like you do. What is your, is that just how you are with a lot of things? Will? I don't know. So I, it, it's very, it just depends. Like sometimes I can be super emotionally invested in the show and other times I'm like, whatever, I'm just looking at my phone the whole time. Sure. But for the Simpsons, for sure. It's like the heavy episodes hit. Like you're thinking about, I'm trying to think of exactly what the name was where Lisa's playing saxophone. She's got the um, bleeding gums. What the hell is his name? You know, the, the, the cloud is looking over oh, yeah. her and you see these episodes, you're like, damn, man, that just hit me super hard. And so I would say that like I got into those. I don't think my dad ever got hit like that <laughs> on the show. Uh, but yeah, I would say I, I'm not with everything, but on certain shows, like we were watching Key of the Pandemic, browsing through Disney Plus. Kayla and I watched, my girlfriend and I watched this movie Luca. And for mm. whatever reason, it just hit me. I'm just like sitting there just like bawling my eyes out. I'm like, what the hell is happening to me? So it just depends, man. I don't know. Sometimes it just hits me out of nowhere. I mean, you, you know, hey. People that have been listening to this podcast, uh, it's especially people that have been with me since the beginning, it's no secret. I'm a very emotional guy. Like I'm that person, you know, Christmas commercials for Google. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just crying on the couch. You know, I'm, I'm very in touch with uh, emotion, you know, and especially, you know, we talked up top about just the state of the world and the things going on. It doesn't take a lot to turn on the faucet. For me, I mean, I just, you know, I'm very, I think a lot of people should get in touch with their emotions. You clearly have that checked off, which is a great <laughs> thing. Like you don't want to just have this 
blind like i just go through life and everything is black and gray and i just like that's just what the hell is the point of life if you can't have the highs and the lows you know yeah i mean but it's it's i i think i don't know what that comes from like i'm not really sure why uh, i am in touch with that it's, it's not like i had like a profound moment where i became that way right. uh, and maybe it's because i grew up watching shows like the simpsons that it, it could be strike those chords in such a way I think so. I mean, at an early age, you're very impressionable of everything going on around you. And if you are fixated on this one thing and it is pretty like emotional in the sense of it's funny, it's make you cry, it can make you laugh and all these different, it opens your eyes to, oh, I would have never thought about something like this. There was a lot of themes in the show that at a young age, you're very impressionable. You could you take those on and go on to your life and you might question things more and just be more open to, I don't know, just different types of things. And I mean, come on, they, they knew what they were doing. I mean, James L. Brooks is like a master of that. Like, absolutely. When they did Lisa's substitute. And I mean, that's like my gold standard for like emotional episodes. There's a lot of them though, even current there day. Um, but Lisa's substitute. I mean, I, I could watch that episode three times in the same day. And I'm probably still going to just, you know, that moment's still going to grip <laughs> me. It just uh, hits you, man. It hits you right here. Yeah. So like, that is one of those things. And I think, you know, you do find you do form a deeper bond with a show with those sort of storylines. I mean, another example, as I say, like King of the Hill, King of the Hill found a way to be very emotional at times, too. And that's why Definitely. Futurama, same thing. That's why people look back on these kind of shows more fondly than say they look back on like, you know, Cat Dog or something right. like that. I mean, it's just it's not just, the same thing. Absolutely. There's just a different aspect and a different piece to it that a show like Cat Dog is, is never going to hit on. You know, it's just the writing and just the expertise that goes into it right there. Yeah. Un untouchable. So whenever I have, you know, and this is especially people that come up in a music scene, you know, you and I come from a, a similar background, it seems, as far as what we're into, the shows we were going to, things like that. Do you, do you think The Simpsons, you know, strikes a special chord? And people from that world, and if so, do you know, do you have any thoughts on why? Like, what makes you think that that is the case? If it is, I think so. At least for myself, because I touched on it earlier, but like, so smart it's dumb. Like that's the way I look at writing music because I play just a dumb style of music, right? Like hardcore, especially the heavy stuff is like you know, look we'll how low IQ, just like stupid hardcore. But I'm trying to like push it past that, you know. I'm trying to add these kind of smart elements where I'm going above and beyond and, and all the guys that I hang out with are going above and beyond. And I don't know if the Simpsons plays into that. I'm sure there is some small portion there because it's the same thing. Like so smart that it's dumb because there's these parts where you can have a scene, like it's, it's Homer. It's like, he can be the most loving, intentional human. And then also the dumbest guy to ever walk the face of the earth. I just love the, the stark contrast, I guess. So maybe that's what has done it for me in music where I like a song or I like a playlist that goes from one type of music to the other. And I don't know if that's for other people, uh, but I, I certainly think it has done that for me. I mean, there, there's like, um, and I think this, you know, similar to you crosses over into everything that I have, you know, any taste that I have, whether it's music, I, I like things that have that level of sincerity, you know, and I, I think. Sure. You got to have that heart. That's a big thing. So like when it comes to music, like, you know, if I see a band live, even if I like their music and it feels insincere, like it feels like they're just going for something and I can't really, you know, they seem like, let's say they write really sad music 
But then live, they seem way too happy. And I'm like, okay, this person clearly had too good of a relationship with his, you know, parents or something. And these songs feel fake, you know? Um, And I think that translates into everything that I like. I just need for it to feel sort of real. And I think when you learn about a show like The Simpsons and you read and, you know, listen to things about the writing process in those early days, and you realize that a lot of these writers were speaking about themselves through Lisa yeah. or through Homer or through Abe even. And I think, you know, that is, I don't want to say that other shows don't do that because obviously they do. But when you look at when the show started and how different it was from everything on, I think it does make those things feel a little more sincere. The humor balanced with the sincerity. I mean, it's just, it's Definitely. unlike anything. I just like things where I know the people doing them are putting in 150%. I just don't like half-assed stuff. And whether it comes to music or any type of media, and you can usually tell when it is or something's phoned in, like any show you put on and you, within the first 10 minutes, you can be like, I'm not going to like this or I'm going to like it, you know, and it was never like that for The Simpsons. And there's a reason why it's still running to this day, you know, that is, has a lot to do with the sincerity and just feeding into the brand. I mean, people have lived and died in the time that the show has been on. And to think that it's still at a point where it's still pumping out funny, good material is just like, I don't know. It's something to strive for. I think we should all strive to be like the Simpsons. A hundred percent. I mean, there are people that were born when the show had been on for five years that probably now have children. I mean, that sort of thing will melt your brain. It's nuts. That is time. Doesn't make any sense in that standpoint because the show started <laughs> what year? 90, 90, no, so, so 89. So and, 89. Okay. And, and if you count Tracy Ullman, 87. So it's, you know, I always say it's like, it's the same age as me. I was born in 87, three months before it actually premiered on Tracy Ullman. So the fact that this thing has, you know, literally been there effectively my whole life since I was three months old is, is it's hard so to, insane. it's hard to take in. Things don't do that. Like things don't last that long. So that's just a testament to itself. Yeah. You, you got the Simpsons, you got, you know, I always say like McDonald's, you got restaurants and you have the <laughs> Simpsons and nothing else lasts that long. Well, I love Simpsons and I love McDonald's. So, I mean, it's just two <laughs> great things that are just living on in my life right here. <laughs> well, that, that actually segues nicely into something I'm curious about because I know, I know when we've talked in DM in the past, you know, you've mentioned being a big Bill Oakley fan and I've noticed you do your own sort of food videos uh, over on your Instagram from time to time. Would you say there's some Bill Oakley influence there? I would say that there is some like push to do the video because I've been a big fast food review guy for years. I thought it's been the funniest thing of all time. Goes back to like <laughs> doing some high production for something that's literally a burger at McDonald's that like, anybody can get, but just like talking about it in such a light and like really dissecting it is like the funniest shit in the world to me. So I was big <laughs> on like Joey's World Tour, Dame Drops, like all these like OG YouTube fast food guys. And then I saw, I think I might've saw that Bill Oakley had an Instagram from you doing a thing with him. I go to his page and I'm like, oh damn, he's doing this stuff too. I got to follow this. And then I'm like, you know what? Let's just make a, a stupid video. Let's just make a minute reel and see what happens. And so I kind of fallen off of it. I've been so busy with shows and work and everything, but there's a new Arby's cheeseburger. And that is just such an insane concept that I have to try it. So that's on the list here. I've got some other, some B-roll that I need to, to do something with, but uh, I love the, I just love fast food, man. I'll tell you right now, <laughs> get, get back on the videos and like, you know, shoot them to Bill. He loves to share stuff like that. He'll sometimes people, you know, they'll be like, Hey, I tried this thing in Japan and Bill will just post the whole rundown. You I've know? seen it. Oh, you'll do the whole Instagram post. So 
I might have to shoot some uh, some of the old videos his way and uh, yeah. see what he thinks. So, Bill, if you happen to listen to this podcast, I'm a huge huh? fan. From one will to another Bill. There you go. I mean, you know, Bill, Bill has been very kind to the podcast. And I will take this as another opportunity to plug the Steamed Ham Society. Check out Bill's oh, Patreon. It is very cool. Yeah, the Patreon. That's awesome. I was thinking about joining that because just the name is hilarious. Like <laughs> special content for fast food and just local food. I mean, that's mind blowing. That's genius. Yeah. Bill talking about how he had never really used discord and now he's like obsessed with it. And he's on there all the time <laughs> talking about corn dogs. You know, it's just great. <laughs> Again, just like so funny to just take, go so hyper into something that literally everybody can have, but that's what makes it so funny. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's anything. Tell me this, where do you stand on the Arby's crinkle fries? I actually like them quite a bit. Thank uh, you. Michigan, Michigan is a big crinkle fry territory. Culver's, they do the crinkle fry. Um, a lot of local spots will do a crinkle fry. And when I moved to Michigan in like sixth grade, seventh grade, I never really was introduced to crinkle fries. You know, you get them like frozen, do them in the oven. They usually suck. They're kind of mushy. But a crinkle fry done well, and, and it's crunchy, and it's got a good salt content. I'm in, man. I'm in 100%. It's a potato. I'll literally eat it in any form. Well, I'm, I'm going to, you know, once in a while, you know, again, this is a Simpsons podcast where I sometimes will talk about music. I will also sometimes take it down a side street. And I have, I, I just feel compelled to share my thoughts on French fries because we're talking about this. Let's hear it. I think a crinkle fry, I think a crinkle fry and a steak fry are the two most underrated forms of potato. And this is why a crinkle fry all those little ridges that you guys out there don't appreciate, those just give you more crisp. When you cook those correctly, they get those little crunchy corners and they're so perfect. When I see the level of disrespect that happens with crinkle fries, I get very upset. I mean, they are so- They get hated on. They get I hated on and they're very underappreciated. So if you live you know, within a, within a mile of an Arby's or within 10 miles of an Arby's, they do the crinkle fry right. Treat yourself. Try a crinkle fry. Now, as far as steak fries go, I will not stand up for every steak fry because some are not the best, you know, no, but there is a brand. problem with the steak fry. Yeah. You, they, they can fall a little short, but when, again, much like a crinkle, when a steak fry is good, it is elite. And I will direct everyone to this brand called Idaho's Best. I believe it's like a like a grayish yes, package. The brown bag. Yeah. Yes. Those are the best steak fries on earth. And I, <laughs> I will give everyone a little tip. Put them in the air fryer and do them for about three to five minutes longer than it says. And get you, you know, while while you're giving them that extra time, whip you up a nice sauce. Make them your whole you meal. It, you won't regret it, man. I think we really are long lost brothers. This conversation is like, I'm like gassing you up as you're doing this. You can't see on video, but I'm just like praising you right now. I'm like your hype man because a crinkle fry is so underrated. If it's done right and it's got a good crisp to it, if all those little ridges pick up sauce and you get salt in those little ridges, I will say the steak fry sometimes gets hate for a good reason because it can get soggy. I am in the very small minority that I like kind of like a crunchy soggy. So I don't mind a soggy all the time. Sure. But there's a lot of soggy haters out there. there I will plant my flag as in soggy is okay sometimes. All right. It doesn't have to be the crispiest. I got to do the knife scrape on it. No. Okay. It can be a little soggy. It's not a big deal. Red Robin is the goat of the steak fry. I think a great um, steak. Another fry. going Texas roadhouse. Great steak fry. More on the soggy end, but like kind of potato soggy. I don't know how to describe it, but 
Which I know try out the Texas Roadhouse, but yes, the, the, the air fry, the air fryer is, has changed the fry game, at least for me personally, uh, coming from a, a oven or never really having a deep fryer uh, access. The air fryer has revolutionized any sort of frozen fast food. And again, yeah. these are all things, there's a tie into the Simpsons here because this is all stuff that Homer would be talking about. So there's a dead <laughs> tie in right there. He does the cotton candy ball that takes over the whole city. All right. It so does. This, it don't feel too bad. We're, we're, food is still in the can of Simpsons. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you know, I just, I felt passionate about sharing that because <laughs> I, you know, I love a crinkle fry and I just, you know, I'm just, I'm sick of it, man. I'm sick of all the crinkle cut hate. And you know, if, if you guys don't know how to make French fries at home, just say that, you know, just admit it. You don't know how to make a good French fry. And that's not, that's not crinkle fries fault. Okay. No, that's not your, that's not your fault either. Like we're, we're standing in the crinkle cut society and you know, we're, we're raising the flag for crinkle cuts, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta, you know, I, me and Will are going to have a DNA test after this. I think there's definitely some relation. I, I, I just looking at you, there's too much. It's the red beard. It's the hat. It's the male pattern baldness. You know, there's a lot of things. Going on. It's a, there's a, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. It's there's, it's a, it's eerily similar. Uh, okay. So anyway, yes, the Simpsons, that's a show that we I, segue, that I yes. <laughs> yeah, I love the Simpsons. Uh, do you have any unpopular Simpsons opinions? Will, is there anything that like, you know, like I always, the example I give is, is there, a, is there a character you dislike that everybody likes anything like that that comes to mind? I really don't have too many hot takes in that realm. Honestly, I wrote down like my least favorite characters are probably ones that most people hate too. I am such an anti Martin Prince guy. I just, <laughs> I, he just annoys me every time he's on the screen. I get pissed off. It's just, it goes back to, is it the, the, the where they do the race Bart and Martin race. Martin is such a little prick. I don't know. Something about it just drives me nuts. So anti-Martin Prince. And I'm also a huge anti-Artie Ziff guy. Whoa. So Artie Ziff can kick rocks. Yeah. Zero out of 10. I hate him. I, you know, Artie Ziff, if anyone on the show, other than maybe Herman, uh, deserves their ass kicked, it's Artie Ziff. <laughs> I mean, Homer should just whoop his ass. I mean, let's be honest. I know. It's like he's had so many opportunities to do it. And he just hasn't. And every time, it's like when you rewatch a movie or an episode, and you're like, man, I wish that this happened. Like, why can't this happen? I just want Homer just to grab by the back of this afro is pulled right there. Yeah, so. and, we, and we, you know, we we saw Homer beat the shit out of George Bush, so we know he can do it. Oh, okay. We're going to get into that. We're going to yeah. get into that. For sure. sure. So, you know, I, I do want to say, like, you know, you said that there were there were lots of feelings that the Simpsons sort of stirred up, you know, memories of childhood, your dad giving you the ice cream in the mug. Is, is there anything else directly tied to it from your childhood that you feel like you need to mention before we move on? I would say... Uh, a big piece of this. So when I was watching it, my parents, like my mom, her friends would say, the Simpsons is such a terrible show. Like I never let my kids watch it, bah, 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 all these things. My mom would be like, oh shit. So she would tell me and my brother, hey, when you go to play dates or when you go to your friend's house, you can't tell them that you watch the Simpsons. <laughs> like that has to stay in this house and that is it. So she had to, she told me I had to say that, which I thought was hilarious. So like, I'm going over to hang out with like, you know, kindergarten. And I can't tell them about the episode I watched about Bart doing something last night, which is just so funny. <laughs> Man, I love that. I love that. You know, and it's interesting. I actually had this conversation recently with a with a friend of mine where they were talking about all the different viewpoints. And like, I think they had a similar thing where they were like, oh, my parents liked it. They thought it was great. They didn't care, yeah. you know, and you would be shocked. I mean, so I collect... I won't say I collect anything Simpsons, but you know, damn near anything. I mean, I mean, I'm seeing it. It's just yeah. about everything under the sun. Yeah. People, people that have seen the Instagram, they know there's not many things I don't want. And one of the things that I really like 
our old magazines, like, you know, just any like, you know, old, whether it's comics or whether it's just a cool article, old TV guides. I think that stuff is really cool. I like the old imagery, some of the early drawings that animators were actually doing. And one of the ones that I got in a large lot of stuff a little while back was like a, it was like a religious magazine, like a Christian, like monthly sort of magazine. I can't, I'm blanking on the name. I'll have to find it. I've been meaning to post this, but it was literally arguing for the Simpsons. It was like, no, there's a lot of morality. The show teaches a lot of good lessons. Like we shouldn't be so against our kids watching it. And that sort of blew my mind. Like that's a perspective you didn't see. That's blowing my mind. Yeah. It's a perspective you didn't see that often. It was really saying like, no, this family goes to church. Like, you know, they, they, you know, they're, they're your average family. We shouldn't be so against these sort of things that we shouldn't be against our kids seeing these. So I, I thought that was really interesting. Crazy. I, you need to post that. Like that yeah. is blowing my mind for sure. Because it's such, I love how they say, oh, they go to church and Homer's asleep. I remember where he's getting jabbed with the collection plate. Like <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they, they fail to mention that, but they're a wholesome family. You know, that, that's yeah. so funny. Man. I mean, Homer falls asleep. He hits his head. He yells, damn it. I mean, come on. I, I, but, <laughs> but I'll take it. I mean, I hope that a lot of kids that otherwise wouldn't have been able to see it got to see it because of that magazine. So, I, you know, shout I out hope to them. So. That's <laughs> awesome, man. Too. And, and going back to comics and all the books, like we had all the books, like any, like cartooning the Simpsons, a complete guide to our favorite family. Like we had all of these books, like if it was a birthday, Christmas, whatever it was, we were getting some type of books. So uh, they're all at my parents' house. So I need to go steal them. So yeah, they man. just get lost Yo, in the mix, but keep that stuff, man. Do it, do a little shelf or something. I mean, that's like, I always I tell people to, like, if, if, if I don't push them to collect, let me, I at least push them to get like a shelf together, have a little memory, little memory station. I like that. I think I'm about to do that. And then, and then all the video games, we had every video game there, even the horrific skateboarding game. I mean, oh that is God. one of the worst mechanically, what mechanically one of the worst games maybe ever created. Oh, <laughs> you know, th- there's a project that I'm working on that I'm still not going to talk about. So I'm sorry. I know people have been asking me about this because I teased Crushing it back it in now. like January. Uh, <laughs> people were like, what is, what is this thing you won't t- talk about? I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but I'm working on something you can probably assume what it is by now, guys. I mean, you keep messaging me, but just use your imagination. But one of the things that I talk about a lot on this show and also in this said project are the video games. And man, I'm glad to hear someone else talk about how bad that skateboarding game is. It is some people actually stand up for it. I think it's atrocious. It's one of my least favorite. How can you know? I remember getting it, playing it for like a night and me and my brother being like, this is terrible. Yeah. Like, even at a young age, being like, this sucks. And then just like ejecting immediately and going back to, you know, Medal of Honor or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even especially a lot of the super, a lot of the PlayStation games are not that bad. So to no, say that that I was mean, one of the worst, it's, it's, you know, I like a lot of the PlayStation yeah. games, but it sucks. Yeah. I mean, Road Rage and then uh, Hit and Run are, are the goats for that. I mean, those are impeccable games. My dad and I put so many hours into Road Rage. I would even change. This is a good one right here. I would change the date on my PS2 to be, because they would have Easter eggs if it was New Year's Eve or Christmas. And I would just go <laughs> change the date of my PS2 because I'm like, I want to play as like New Year's Eve Homer. I'd go change it to 1231. And as soon as it hit it, it would change. I was, yeah. So we were deep in the Easter eggs and the cheat codes. Yeah, it takes a long time. Road Rage is one that I really like, but man, I swear no matter how good you get at that game, you still can't hang those turns right. It's so, no. it's a difficult one, man. Weird era of like taxi games being cool. I don't yeah. know what that became. I mean, 
okay, we need to make an Uber game. Hello, this is a whole open market here. Come on. So come on. (laughs) Crazy Uber. (laughs) Well, and something that I think, you know, is worth mentioning about the video games is much like how the show would parody movies and things like that. The video games are doing the same thing. The difference is people like Crazy Taxi actually would sue them. Uh, you know, like, yeah, so they actually sued them over road rage, which I think is really crazy. I think they settled out of court. I don't think it was a big deal, but you know, they, they were like, you you stole our game. This is literally just crazy taxi with Simpsons characters. (laughs) Uh, Simpsons skateboarding is just Tony Hawk. You know, they're all just, they're all just bad bad. copies, (laughs) which I love. Well, okay. I wonder if rockstar or anybody went after for hit and run because for me at AM, especially my brother's age, like. My parents drew the line at GTA, which respect, like that's probably what they should have been doing. So hit and run was like, oh, this is the next best thing, you know? So, uh, I wonder though, if rockstar or anybody went after him, maybe there was, I think it was different enough in that sense. Yeah. I don't think they did. There there could have been some, you know, nothing that made the news the way road rage did, but that's something interesting to read about. There was a, there was an article and of course I'm blanking on the name. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this, Brian. Uh, but there was an article that a website did probably seven, eight months ago around the anniversary of the game. And they had, they quoted me in it about road rage and there's a lot of really interesting history about that game. So, I mean, anyone that's bored, hit a Google search on road rage, read some of the, Oh, I'm going to Google it right after this. I, I want to know now. I, yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot of cool stuff about that game to read. So it's, and it, and it does hold up. I played it recently. Well, there you go. I'm abs- I have not gone back and hit any of these games. So it'd be nice to, to just bust out the PS2 oh, man. and uh, try it out again. Yeah, please, please do. Uh, so, Will, what, what do you say we play a game? And we'll come back to, we'll do we'll do like favorites and least favorites and all that stuff a little later. But what do you say we, we break it up with a little synopsis game? How do you feel about that? I am ready. I don't know how well I'm going to do, but because <laughs> I played along whenever you do it. And I don't do a very good job, which I'm like, damn, man. They just Some of the ones sound so real, like you should just be writing for the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, if you hear that, Al, if you hear that, you know, come on, Mike. <laughs> Let's go. Maybe that's just a little um, plug there for you. Yeah, I mean, come on. Let, let me write a spec <laughs> script. I'm just saying. Uh, all right. So, you know, for anyone listening that this is your first episode for whatever reason, the way this game works, I'm going to give I'm going to give Will five synopsis. Some are going to be fake. Some are going to be real. Or they could all be real. They could all be fake. That's going to be up for, up to Will to decide. And he's going to tell me if they're real or fake. And I'm going to score him out of five. So we'll see how many he can get correct. True or false? You can get mono from riding the monorail. Mm, false. No, wait. Maybe it's true. No, you were right. It's false. Uh, and and for an example, uh, this is just a warm up. I think you'll know this one. Uh, okay. Bart and Lisa spend six weeks at Camp Krusty, only to find out that it's much worse than it advertised, inspiring the campers to take over the camp and revolt. You know where I'm going. That is real. That is yeah, hundred percent. So. Pretty, you know, pretty self-explanatory, but I do try to make them hard. And some of the ones that are real are still hard. So, you know, don't, nobody beat up Will if he has a hard time, okay? If I go over five, I might just end the pod and just like, you know, just <laughs> go sit in the car and just go for a drive and just really think about my life. <laughs> you know, if, if you go over five, I'm still going to respect you, Will. It's okay. The blood's still going to be strong. Well, thank so you. Don't, don't I appreciate worry. that. Don't worry. All right. So if you're ready, we're going to kick it off. I'm ready. Let's go. Number one, when Bart discovers the existence of an embarrassing TV commercial he appeared in as a baby and that Homer spent the money he earned, he sues for emancipation and moves out of the house. Real or fake? That is real. It is real. Look at Will. 
coming through. Right, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, good. come on. You're already you're already one for one. That is season 14, episode 11, Barting Over. A good episode, a weird one, but a good one. Really weird one. I, I don't remember all the specifics, but yeah, really weird one I remember. Strange one. All right, Will. Man, Mr. Big Shot coming out with the first <laughs> one. Okay. <laughs> when Marge and Homer are caught enjoying a romantic weekend in Miami instead of a boring family visit to Dayton, Bart and Lisa embark on a cross-country journey to hunt them down and ruin their holiday. Real or fake? Or true or false, actually. I keep telling people to say real or fake. It's true or false. Is it true or false? Okay. Yeah, either way. Thinking through this, there have been a lot of cross-country journeys in the show, but I don't remember Dayton. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go false. Oh, Will, it is oh, real. God. I know. How this weird is, is that premise? I'm telling you, I mean, that, that is, is it like specifically Dayton. Cause that's what made me think it was false. It is specifically Dayton. Miami and Dayton are specific in that episode. And this is why I use this one because it sounds so fake. Uh, <laughs> that is season 15, episode 18. It's called catch them. If you can. So there you go. Oh, man, the name of that one seems super familiar, but for whatever reason, the spe- like the specificity of the the two cities is what was screwing me up. So right, weird to put it in I'll the synopsis too. Th- that that's another thing. Like about these, even if it's one you've seen, sometimes the way it's described, it still sounds fake. <laughs> I know, man. Seriously. <laughs> All right, so it's okay. You're you're one for two. Okay, we can we can recover. We can Minor recover. Setback, major comeback. We're okay. I'm, I'm saying. Number three, Homer writes a crime novel called Detective Big Brain, using various popular detectives as inspiration for his characters. Homer gets the book on tape version read by Adam West before being sued by multiple copyright owners. I'm going false. You are correct. Ding, ding, ding. Look at that. That is fake. Okay, okay. we're good. We're back. Hilarious sounding, though. That sounds that's a great premise. Detective Big Brain. I gotta admit I laughed at that when I wrote it down. That's that's a good name. Like that seems like something dead on to what he would write. <laughs> All right, look at Will with the comeback. All right, number four. And you know what I like about this game is that there is no designated amount of real or fake ones. Sometimes they're all real. Sometimes I kind of hate that. Yeah. I kind of hate that. <laughs> the reason I did that is I knew if I so if I said how many. Once somebody got one of them right, they would start, they it would, it would, they'd narrow it down. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I like I'm thinking that. You're keeping it really hard. I like that. <laughs> Number four. After Bart humiliates him at church, Homer finally teaches his son to admire him until a visit from a magical singing janitor changes everything. Okay. The magical singing janitor is what's throwing me off here. I don't know if Willie is going to be in this episode. I don't like my answer, but I'm going false. Will, it is real, my friend. And the re- I knew the, it. And, and here's the thing. This is why I put this one in. This was the most recent episode. This was the season finale asshole, from man. Sunday. <laughs> You're weeding out the true fans, and clearly you've weeded me out here. So that I hate you, but I respect you. No, I mean, listen, I will use I there are two reasons I did this, okay? <laughs> one, it's a wild premise. Two, the season finale was incredible. One of my favorite episodes in a long time. I would say that about this current season anyway. It's one of the strongest in a decade. And uh, a, a friend of the show, Spiker Monster, actually got hired to do the couch gag. So I wanted to use that as an opportunity 
to shout out Spike. I've, I've, I asked a question in a Q&A that he submitted once and sort of become a friend. So uh, I just want to give a little love to not only that episode, but to Spike for, for getting that episode, to, shout to out being Spike, a part man. of that episode. Very cool. That is awesome. That Wild is awesome. premise. Yeah. Can you re- read it again one more time? I'm just trying yeah. to like, soak in here. And, and it also, I'll be honest, it made it seem, the fact that I read it funny made it sound like I made it up. <laughs> so I almost did well a disservice. <laughs> it's, you really threw me for a loop. On. I'm saying after Bart humiliates him at church, Homer finally teaches his son to admire him until a visit from a magical singing janitor changes everything. So it's like part of musical too. It's very funny. You know what? And this might be a hot take. I like musical episodes, me monorail, too. you know, any of those sort of musical episodes I think are hilarious. So absolutely. That already makes me want to watch it. But very strange premise on paper. I'm telling you right now, Will, you will love it. I promise. I'll, I'll, I'll give the Simpsons is greater than guarantee on that. The promise. Okay. Well, it's okay. So right after this, I'm reading the the note on Road Rage, and then I'm going and watching the season. Uh, uh, the the amount of praise that. I've seen on this episode from people that are, you know, iffy on new seasons. I'm telling you, I, I guarantee you'll love it. All right, All right well, we I'm got we got one more. So you you've already you're you're two and two. It's okay. Are you gonna yeah. are you gonna pull out the W or are you gonna fall a little flat? We'll see. We'll but see. Either, we'll either see way, here. your reasoning made sense. So I'm I'm still giving you some credit. Okay. Here, okay. Okay. Number five. It is spooky stuff in the town of Springfield. After being struck by a bolt of lightning, Bart starts to receive visits from revenge-seeking ghosts. Only he is able to provide them the closure they so desperately seek. Is this a Treehouse of Horror shorts? Am I allowed to ask that? Or is it its own episode? It I, just if, is. If, if I answered, it might give the answer away. It might. Okay. Well, even you saying that is giving me, making my mind going here. Hmm. Not ringing any bells. You know what? I'm just going to roll with it. I've been going on my false kick. Let's just keep it going. Uh, I don't think it's going to be well, just the way that your face is looking right now. Uh, let's go false. Well, it is true, my friend. And I'm, I'm just telling- pathetic. <laughs> you might have to not air the episode. <laughs> the episode is getting aired. Listen, this is a true statement I'm about to make. I went hard on these, and there's a reason why. You did, man. There's a reason why. When I started the synopsis game, I tried to be too nice, and too many people <laughs> were getting too many of them. And it was making me look like I didn't know how to make a game challenging. <laughs> so, Will, I'm sorry, but I had to make hey, an example this- of you. In this world, there are winners and losers, and I'm okay with being a loser in this <laughs> because you got to just the bell curve, man. You know, it's just the way it is. People got to lose. Hey, you didn't go. Uh, this you, was hard. This was hard. You didn't go over five. It's okay. You know, I did go over five. You know, I'm gonna rest my laurels on that. But this yeah. was tough. Yeah. What season was this? Season 29, episode 21, called Flanders Ladder. You're weeding out the people like me who haven't watched a new episode in a long time, and you know what? I respect you for that. Because we need to, we need to wisen up and watch these episodes and not buy into people saying that they're not worth watching. That's insane. So clearly, I appreciate you. I am a loser today, but I'm winning in the grand scheme because I'm going to go watch these episodes now. <laughs> See, and I, and I really respect the energy from Will because not he he could easily take it the opposite way. He could say, <laughs> you know what, Warren, th- this is just this is why I don't watch these new episodes. These sound dumb as hell. But instead. <laughs> He's going, you know what? Maybe you're right, man. I need to watch more new episodes. And that's really why I'm here. I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast. I'm a glass half full guy, man. So maybe that just plays into it. That's because we're cousins, clearly. All right. 
<laughs> I love it, oh, man. man. All right. So now we'll go into something that you can't, you can't get wrong. Okay. And this is the big three. I've been doing this since episode three. Uh, this is like one of the longest standing things on this podcast and it starts with favorite character and why. Okay. So I kind of broke this into two pieces because you kind of have canon, like you've got the family. Who's your favorite of the family? For me, it's Homer. I see the parallels with my loving father who sometimes I want to strangle him too. And he wants to strangle me. So there's a lot of parallels there. Sure. Um, so that's just number one. I mean, he's revolutionized television. He's revolutionized pop culture. I mean, he's an icon. So that for me is number one. And if I'm looking ancillary characters, maybe someone is going to show up uh, only a couple times a season. For me, there's only one answer. It's Lionel Hutz. Uh, the smoking monkey is the funniest thing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. So that would be kind of my ancillary character. Man, answer. Lionel Hutz is one of my favorite of all time, Will. Uh, so, the, you know, the bloodline coming back through. I, I think, you know, something I've talked about so much on here, um, and, you know, to, to call back to when I had Nancy Cartwright on and she, you know, talked about in her book, she did a little, a whole chapter about Phil Hartman and losing him. Phil Hartman is one of the funniest people in history. Uh, you know, whether you're talking SNL, the Simpsons, you know, it's so many things that he touched, you know, you, you can't name a bad thing he was in. And even if it was bad, he was hilarious in it. So, you know, I think anyone that doesn't say jingle all the way, jingle all the way, man, I'm telling you that is one of the funniest characters in any movie ever. I watch, I don't know why, but I watched jingle all the way like 20 times this Christmas, (laughs) man, I watch it every year. I'm telling you, dude, the cookies, the cookies where he's on the phone. Oh my God. Literally cry <laughs> laughing every time. So yeah, he's, he's a legend. He has such a just unique voice in this like charismatic and he's just welcoming and his characters are hilarious. He, he changed comedy in so many ways. There are so many people that deliver jokes the way they do because of Phil Hartman and a little known fact. I'm sure some of you know this that listen, uh, but uh, there's a deleted scene from Jingle All the Way. With none other than Yardley Smith. She was in the movie. Really? Her scene got cut. It's very funny. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, obviously. I'm looking this up. Huge fan of Yardley. Love her. Yeah. Uh, any opportunity to shout her out. Just such a good friend of the podcast. Uh, and just in general. That is so great. find that deleted I even have scene. To go look at that. That so is awesome. Cool. No, that is such a funny movie. And he's just a legend. So, <laughs> so I had to good. throw Lionel in the, in the list. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, you <laughs> talked a little bit about Martin and Artie Ziff earlier. Yes. Uh, any more least favorites? I mean, which one of those would you actually give the title to and why? I, I'm going to give it to Martin. Just, I, it just, I had this visceral feeling when he's on <laughs> and I don't know why, but I will say I do love when he, it's the, ep, the, the trials of horror where they are, creating meals out of the children and his piece in that is really funny. So I will oh, give yeah. him maybe a little leg up on that, but in just <laughs> your normal episode, not a fan. I don't know why it just it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Martin, Martin can fall a little short. I mean, it's, it's one of those characters and you know, I've always, I say Millhouse every time people are sick of it, <laughs> but some, you know, it's, it's not to say that they're not involved in funny bits. I mean, obviously there's Martin jokes that are really funny, but some, oh, some sure. characters just rub you the wrong way when they're on screen sometimes, you know? Oh, absolutely. I'm like, you need those characters. You can't like every character. What would be the point of the show then, you know? <laughs> Completely agree. Um, all right. So what about, you know, and I always say top three episodes, but they don't have to necessarily be your favorites. But if you were going to show someone three episodes that you think would get them into the show, sort of a way I preface it, what, what three are you going with? 
And I picked based off that. And then also just the ones I quote the most. So I went a little off script here because I have a one, a one B because to me, everybody's favorite episode should be Homer's enemy because that (laughs) is just the most self-aware, hilarious episode that I, my dad and I quote still to this day. I mean, grimy grimes. It's the funniest, probably the funniest episode of television. Like that to me isn't even one, two, three. Like that's the gold standard. That's above everything else. So that's my change the channel, Marge. Oh my God. It's every single piece. (laughs) at his funeral asleep. Like he killed the guy. It's incredible. I mean, that's just, it's amazing. So that's my number one, 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 a, and then one B for me is King sized Homer, the Moo the Moo And when he is weighing himself and he's still a little under and Bart points at his gut and he pulls (laughs) his gut off the towel rack and he's like three twenty. Like that is, I cry laughing every time I watch that. So good. He's got the tab button. I mean, it's just every piece of that episode destroys me. Perfect. So that's, that's one B. Two, 22 short films about Springfield. Oh, man. Steam hands. Steam hands. That's all you need to say. I mean, that is every piece of it is hilarious. Uh, Underrated part, I think, is the Nelson Muntz. uh, Very ending of that is all time. I mean, just cry laugh every time that that is on. (laughs) So that's number two. And then rounding out our, I guess this is a Mount Rushmore. I basically just made a Mount Rushmore. I love it. Uh, Three or four, we're going to call it. Two bad neighbors, which goes back, Man. tying the bow on that. So that is the one that my family probably quotes the most. Guys. Uh, what kind of stew do you have today? I mean, that is <laughs> he's in the drive-through lane, and maybe that goes back to my fast foodisms because I love all the crusty burger scenes and stuff. But just him honking at him gets out, cuts the horn. I mean, it's just it's too good. So good. Well, listen, man, I, and I'm not just saying this. This is sincere. Um, don't feel bad about falling a little short in the synopsis game because I have no problem saying that that is one of the best top lists I've ever been given on the show. And I couldn't agree wow, more. I, I'm, wearing that, I'm wearing that as a badge of honor. Thank you. I appreciate it. I spent a lot of time on today. Just, just a perfect list. Yeah. I was going through all, I had Disney Plus open. I was scrolling through like, man, it was hard to go back because I'm thinking about all the funny pieces of these. And it was really hard to rank. So I just went off like truly what I felt. And, and that was the Mount Rushmore. Those, I mean, just, just four perfect episodes. I recently, um, three or four episodes ago, interviewed the person who wrote King Size Homer and, you know, found out a little bit more about that. And I think, you know, anyone that doesn't at least put that in their top 10, I'm, it's a little suspect. I mean, I'm just putting it out I there. agree. The Moo Moo is seriously the funniest thing ever. I think I might start rocking it. Like, oh, well, I so, might just start wearing a movement, a little caveat. I, I've said this before, but I, I think it bears repeating. Um, one of my favorite jokes of the whole show is in that episode. And it's literally Homer saying, I'm washing my fat guy hat, honey. <laughs> I just, I mean, come on. <laughs> As a guy who I would say my favorite genre of music is just fat guy hat music. That just, maybe that plays into where I'm at now. There's, there's so many things as I've kind of thought about this the past week, ever since you asked me to come on of how many pieces the Simpsons has influenced my life. And it's very bizarre. And I'm glad that you asked me to come on because it was cool to go back. Like, damn, man, there's really a lot of Simpsons in my life. And it's kind of odd, <laughs> man. Now, Will, it's, it, I love it, man. And you know, I don't think it'll be the last time. I'll just be, I'll just be honest with you. Um, All right, there we go. So w- what about merchandise? I mean, you know, any, so anyone that knows who I am, it's mostly, you know, maybe, maybe it's the podcast, but it's mostly because of my collection, posting it online for seven or eight years now, however long it's been. 
you know, outside of just the books and things like that, did you have much Simpsons stuff as a kid? What else did you have? So I asked my mom about this and I don't think I ever had shirts or anything like that. And that might've played into, oh, well, the other kids can't know that Will watches the Simpsons. So maybe it was a little more low key. Maybe that's why it was the books and the games and not really anything like, I don't even think I had a lunchbox or any of that. And so it was mainly like, we had like posters, book stuff in the house. But as far as like shirts, I never really did for whatever reason. Um, but I did love, and I don't know who made them, just the action figure sets. Mm. And I remember scrolling through eBay for hours, just looking at these being like, these are so cool. Like when I first got internet in the house, I don't know why this is what I would do, <laughs> but like I never committed to buying one. I would just scroll through them on eBay be like, that's cool. Oh, that's, oh, Mo's Bar. That's cool. The house. That's really cool. <laughs> One of the best, man. And so, so that's Playmates. And I think that's a point of reference for a lot of people. It's the same company that made like Ninja Turtle toys and things like that. Sure. They made the Coneheads yeah. toys. Uh, and they're some of the best looking toys there are. It took me years, but it's actually one of the reasons it's one of the things that I really fell into hard when I started collecting. It's one of the first things I tried to complete. So I did eventually complete it. It took me like oh, man, five years, cool. but I have them all. Uh, and there is a Frank Grimes playset. So I really think you need to track Dude, that one down. That. that needs to yes. be on your little memory shelf because there's not, I mean, there's nothing else that I can think of other than like a kid robot figure of grimy, but the, the playset is, is one of the best. So I think you need that to track is now, that down. Yes, that's it. Cause I got the McBain. I got those from your Instagram oh, posts. Super Seven is that who made those? Shout out them. How yeah, and how good are those? By the way, so oh, good. fantastic! I got that, and I got the Agnostic Front Eliminator Glow yes. in the Dark, which I brought it. I turned out the lights. Look, man, this is so sick. So <laughs> shout out to them, man. Just yeah. again, that weird hardcore punk background, and and you and I talked about this. Like people who come from a DIY, whether it be hardcore punk metal, um, any sort of music, if you have that background you have this passion for whatever it is you go into. And those are the people who put 150% if it's into uh, opening a restaurant, if it's just your day-to-day job, if it's doing a podcast like you do. It's the people who come from this DIY mindset just are the ones who put everything in. And I just always respect people who do that. Man, yeah, I mean, and that's, that's exactly why I even ask. I mean, that's like literally, I do feel like there is something to that. I think that there is something that crosses over with a show like The Simpsons, the, you know, that passion, that sincerity, like I was saying earlier, it, it really does, you know, it, it, it manifests itself in like the merchandise of a show like that or just other people making things in that realm. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, I mean, can you think of a show that had more bootlegs than The Simpsons? It's impossible. I mean, it's, no. that's it. And some of them get so absolutely insane where you're just like, why does this exist? Like, why <laughs> does this bootleg Bart shirt exist? There's on no realm should this piece of merchandise exist, but it no. does. And that's crazy. Yeah. You know, that just shows again, the reach that the Simpsons has and had. Yeah. And, and shout out to Matt Groening for loving that. You know what I mean? Like you hear people get in trouble uh, about that stuff, especially back in the day, but Matt always loved it. It was never him. He thinks the bootlegs are great. So there you Dude, go. If there were bootleg NEG or gridiron shirts out there, I would respect that so much. That's hilarious. <laughs> like make something ridiculous. I don't care. Like I, I love that, that he had that same mindset. Just like, this is hilarious, but like there's some legality pieces of that that you just can't <laughs> ignore. But I love that deep down. He was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. De- you guys definitely click the link in my description for my, my never ending game shirt that I'm selling right now. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> just like a, like one of the classic bootleg Barkers just like got a, 
assault rifle or something crazy just never in a game those those ones blow my mind i i think something like that might have to exist will might have to work on that <laughs> might have to a little collab Who there knows? you go i'm just saying uh <laughs> but will seriously man this is this is a blast and uh, you know i'm not joking man i'm gonna have to bring you back on uh i had, oh, I had a great man. time talking to you talking to you about just music and simpsons I, yeah, we have a good connection here. I'm, 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 thank you for having me. I'm going to watch some new episodes. So you don't just totally ruin me again with your little <laughs> game that just totally wrecked me and made me look so stupid. No big deal, but you know. <laughs> nah, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll do a round two next time. We, we, we without a doubt. I think we'll, I need redemption. I mean, I think like I can't come back and do poorly again. Or I mean, that's that would be devastating yeah th- that's when we end the episode early if that happens next and time. then you're like hey man like it was cool knowing you but like i'm gonna block you on <laughs> yeah never <laughs> never talk to me again um yeah please lose my number it's a, it's a- <laughs> <laughs> but but you know we talked about never ending game up top gridiron uh wh- what do you have coming up any plugs like shows tours anything that you want to shout people out uh or anything you want to shout out or any any you know send people to your instagram all of that so you can follow me on Instagram at big old slug. I can't explain the origin. I don't even remember what it was, but I'm never leaving it. A lot of people, they, get, they get an at and they're like, oh, I got to change my name now. I got to be professional. Now I'm going to be big old slug till the day I'm buried. So big old <laughs> slug on Instagram, you know, more food reviews coming. So that, that's coming. That's, that's one thing I'm going to be working on. As far as shows, I got a ton of stuff coming up. Uh, we've got a gridiron weekend with tsunami this weekend. Uh, we're doing Las Vegas on Friday. Um, and then we're doing LA on Saturday and the Bay on Sunday, coming back Monday. So quick little trip out. It's going to be awesome. Shows are all sold out, which is something I never thought I would say, which so is sick. incredible. So awesome. So thank you for everyone who, who bought tickets. We'll see you this weekend. Uh, and then trying to think what else we got. Sound and Fury. We got This Is Hardcore. I mean, very blessed to have people who like the band and like the music. So uh, thank you to all who support. And uh yeah, man, I'll be out there this summer. That's all it is. Awesome. <laughs> now, I mean, and, and again, you know, I, I don't know. I never know what the music taste of all my listeners are. I know I have some people that appreciate, uh, you know, all types of music. So check out that never ending game stuff, man. Check out the gridiron LP. Uh, I will, I will ride heavy for the entire never ending game catalog. So make Thank sure you, you're man. listening to that. Same, same goes for the new gridiron record. I love it. Uh, so make Thank sure you. you're checking Thank all you. that out. You know, I mean, that's, that's just what you got to do. Uh, as for all of you, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at simpsonsisgreat at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, consider leaving me a review on Apple or Spotify, Google, I don't care. Anywhere that accepts reviews, please go review the show. It helps people see and hear this podcast. Uh, you can follow the official Instagram account at simpsonsisgreaterthan on Twitter at simpsonsisgreat. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bard of Darkness on Instagram or Twitter, and I'll see everybody later.